Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. This episode of the podcast is all about books and how reading books can really improve your English. I'm going to give you some recommendations for books that you can read and also tell you about some of my personal favorite books. Now, why is there this accordion music playing in the background? This is not just because I live in Paris and there are always accordion players in the street in front of my apartment. They play for the... Uh, the people who sit in the cafes there. No, it's not because of that. In fact, I was just getting ready to record this episode of the podcast and I was listening to some bits of music and um, this track came up on YouTube. This is actually the title theme from The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time, one of the greatest computer games ever made. And uh, I just liked it. I just thought it was a nice piece of music and I thought it could be quite a fitting introduction to this episode of the podcast, which is nothing to do with computer games or accordions or music. In fact, this one, as you already know, is all about reading books. And I just thought to myself, well, reading books is usually kind of a, it's a personal experience, it's a warm experience. It can be quite a sort of mysterious uh, experience as well. And just while I was thinking about those things, this music was playing, and I suddenly felt very appropriate for this episode of the podcast. Because for me, this music is a bit like the way I feel when I'm reading a really good book. You know what I mean? It's this sort of emotional experience, and it's somehow quite wholesome. In fact, this is often the music, the kind of music that's just playing in my head somewhere when I first open the pages of a brand new book that I've never read before. And I start leafing through, you know that feeling of um, when you've, you've got a new book and you can't wait to get stuck into it. And it's, you know, no one has ever read it before. This particular book you've got in your hands, no one's ever opened those, those pages. And uh, the, the pages are almost sort of untouched. They're, they're kind of clean and, and perfect, aren't they? And you just open the book. And I've got a book here, in fact, with me while I'm recording this. Can you hear that? Hear the, the flutter of the pages? It's a good solid book as well, that one. You open it up and mm, take a good sniff, sniff of the, uh, the smell from the book because there's nothing that smells as good as a new book. Have you noticed that? And as you start reading the first few pages, you might get hooked on that book, which is a wonderful feeling. And immediately you get drawn into the story. And after a while, you realise that you've got through, you know, a good deal of the book. You're completely there with the characters. You're really involved in the story. You want to know what happens next. You just keep reading and reading. Never mind about some of the words that you don't know or some of the bits that you didn't understand. You're so interested in finding out what happens next and ultimately what is going to be the ending of this story that you just keep moving forward. You keep reading 
And it's, it's a somehow a very pleasing experience, don't you find? Reading a really, really good book. Settling down, curling up on the sofa, maybe with a cup of tea or something, and getting stuck in to your current favourite book. There's nothing quite like it. And that is the atmosphere in which we begin this episode of Luke's English Podcast, which um, I've already stated is all about, um, it's all about books and about reading books. Uh, before we start properly, let me just tell you about how to get your free audio book. You heard the little announcement at the beginning of the episode. Um, I want to just run you through the steps that you can take in order to get your free audio book. And I do recommend that you do this because you can basically just get a, a really great book free of charge. Let me tell you about how to do it. So Amazon, Amazon, the website, who own uh, the audiobook um, website called audible.com, it's basically Amazon, they've set me up as an affiliate, which means that um, I'm sort of partnering with them in a, in a small way just to promote some of their, their products. Um, so this means that they would like me to promote um, their audiobook downloads from audible.com. Um, Audible is, by the way, spelt A-U-D-I-B-L-E, Audible, that's audible.com. So they want me to just promote their audiobooks on audible.com from time to time. Um, what are they offering to you, to the listeners of Luke's English Podcast? Well, they're offering you the chance to download one audiobook free of charge from their massive online selection. Um, and here are some reasons why you should definitely do it, okay? First of all, you get a free audiobook which is brilliant, isn't it? I mean, that's any book that you like. It could be The Hobbit. It could be The Lord of the Rings. It could be a biography of John Lennon. It could be some Charles Dickens. It could be Stephen King. could be Harry Potter. It could be Jane Austen. could be David Crystal. could be Stephen Fry. I think you get the idea. You can choose literally any book that you want. Just click on the link um, to get onto the site and then add your details and you can have any book you want. Where's the link? Well, it's just on my website, uh, teacherluke.co.uk, which you know, of course. On the right-hand side, there's an image. If you scroll down a little bit, it says download your free audiobook here. Uh, what's the catch, you might be thinking? What's, but what's the catch, Luke? Um, if you know that phrase, normally you say, what's the catch when someone's giving you an offer that seems a bit too good to be true? It's like, uh, if you want a free Ferrari, just uh, sign your name on this list and we'll give you a free Ferrari tomorrow. That's it. And you go, mm, really? Come on, what's the catch? There must be a catch. Well, in this case, the catch is that when you get your, your, your book, when you sign up and you download your audio book, you also sign up for monthly membership with audible.com. Okay, you become a member um, and you, you register yourself and you get an account with audible.com. Now, um, but the cool thing is that you can cancel your membership immediately after downloading your book and you don't have to pay anything at all. Normally what happens is that you get your free audiobook and then after you've registered, then you have to pay a small fee every month to be able to download more audiobooks in the future. But the cool thing is, as I've just said, you can just cancel your membership immediately after downloading your book and you don't have to pay anything at all. So it's a genuinely free audiobook. Now, there is no legal obligation to continue membership or pay for anything. In fact, it's written on the website that you can download your audiobook and then you can immediately cancel your account. So it's all perfectly OK. Uh, so if you don't mind just clicking a few buttons, then you can get your free audiobook. 
And all I ask is that you do it by clicking uh, the link on my website so I can get a small reward from audible.com. Okay, so here's what you do. And this is just going to take a couple of minutes, okay? Go to teacherluke.co.uk and on the right side you'll see that picture which says download a free audiobook today. Click that and you'll be taken to audible.com. Then you click uh, the button that says get my free audiobook, okay? Enter your details and don't worry about entering card details and stuff here. It's just like buying something from Amazon, okay? It's basically the same company as Amazon, so it's extremely secure. And um, they won't get any money anyway because you're going to cancel your membership. So you can you fill in your details. If you've already got an, an account with Amazon, you don't need to do anything. You're, you're already registered. Okay. So you then complete your purchase of a 30-day free trial. Then you browse audible.com and you choose your book. And you download it by clicking on library and then my books. And you can download it. Um, you can download it as an MP3 uh, to iTunes, or choose a number of different options for your audiobook, including the Audible app for Android and Apple phones and tablets. Okay, so once you've got your book and once it's all download, uh, once it's downloaded, then um, to cancel the membership, you just follow these steps. Okay, at the top it says "Hi Luke." Well, it does for me because my name's Luke. But for you, it'll say "Hi" and then your name at the top of the screen. Um, click that, and from a menu. You select account details, and then on the left it says cancel my membership. At the bottom of the next page, choose a reason for cancelling, and then click continue. On the next page, click continue cancelling, and then do it again on the next page. And then finally you click finish cancelling, and eventually you will be cancelled, and you can enjoy your, fr your audiobook free of charge, and you can avoid paying for any monthly membership in the future okay so it is a little bit complicated to you have to click continue cancelling like twice and then another button that says finish cancelling they've, they've done that because they want to make it a little bit more difficult for you to cancel but all you need to do is just keep clicking the button and that's it okay it's even easier if you have an amazon account now i've just done it i right now i just bought myself an or my my uh free audiobook I don't know if it's technically possible to buy yourself something that's free, but anyway, I just did it. Um, I, so I just got my free audiobook, and I chose to download uh, Revolution in the Head, which is um, a fantastic book about the Beatles by a guy called Ian MacDonald. Um, it's a it's amazing book, really, because it's about every single um, recording that the Beatles ever did, okay? And it includes amazing insights into all of their work. Um, the audio version is recorded by actors such as David Morrissey, who you might know because he starred recently in, in the TV show The Walking Dead. He was the actor who played the governor. He's actually an excellent British actor uh, from Liverpool. He's not American at all. He's a British ninja. <laughs> he's American. <laughs> no, he's not. He's British. He's a British ninja. So um, David Morrissey is one of the people who, who reads out this book about the Beatles, which I just purchased. It's in my iTunes now, and I can listen to it whenever I want. In fact, if I press the play button, we'll probably hear a little bit of it. ...and wizard based entire careers. Devouring an unprecedented 55 hours of studio time, Strawberry Fields Forever extended the range of studio techniques developed on Revolver, opening up possibilities for pop which, given sufficient invention, 
could result in unprecedented sound images. Wow. Okay. So I'm at the moment I'm listening to uh, the account of how the Beatles recorded uh, Strawberry Fields Forever, which is really amazing. I mean, it's incredibly insightful. And I just put it on, play it, and I'm out walking around doing my thing. It's a bit like having a podcast. Um, so... Um, and just in case you were you were thinking that this is this is a rather complicated process for basically downloading some audio that you can get free somewhere else. Like you might think, well, I can just keep listening to podcasts and stuff. I don't need audio books. Well, you may have a point, but let me remind you that these audio books. I mean, this is a whole book, okay? A whole book uh, read out by top actors in English. A whole book that is a massive amount of work which you can just get for free. And Audible is the, the world's number one provider of audiobooks. So they have a very complete library to choose from. If you think about the difference between a podcast and a book, well, the podcast, obviously, it's, it's great. And it's like, you know, proper English, um, like Luke's English podcast, for example. How, be- how much better can it get? Uh, but the thing about downloading a book is that you're getting probably about, you know, 10 hours worth of stuff. And um, it's been carefully written. I mean, it's a very, very carefully written thing, a book. Some of these books are works of, of timeless genius, you know. So it's something very, very substantial that you can, you can get. Um, this book about the Beatles that I just downloaded is about 12 hours long. Um, so I just got 12 hours of listening on a subject that I absolutely adore, absolutely free. So I do strongly recommend that you do it. Um, it's good for you because obviously you get a free book. It's good for Audible because they get some publicity. And it's good for me because I get a little kickback from Audible.com. It's only a small kickback, of course, but a man's got to make a living somehow. And I'm trying to add little bits of income uh, around Luke's English podcast. I'm Hoping to well, I'm keeping the podcast free, but I'm looking at ways of trying to get some income from this around the edge, and little things like sponsorship with Audible.com uh, can help. Okay, so um, you know, little bits of income like that help me keep doing this free service for you, and I'm edging in the right direction. You could send me a donation, alternatively, but this is probably quite a good um, second option. Um, you know, and you get a whole book out of it too. Um, so the book that you download from audible.com uh, is worth about $15, in fact. So I'm basically giving you a $15 audiobook for free. And to get it, you just have to click a few things. So, I mean, imagine, for example, if I'd sent you a gift through the post. Let's say I sent you a book through the post and you had to just walk down to the post office uh, to pick it up. Um, now, walking to the post office would be a lot more inconvenient than just clicking a few details on the computer uh, and then downloading and cancelling your membership. I mean, you know, walking, leaving and walking to the post office is more complicated than that, isn't it? Just to put it in perspective. And by the way, you don't even have to cancel your membership to Audible. You could keep the account open and download more books. If you do nothing and you don't cancel the account, then it stays open um, for about $15 a month, you can download more books, and many of them are included in that price. Right, now you might be thinking about which book you'd like to get at this point. Well, let me, in this episode, go through a list of some recommended books for learners of English, and also some of my favourite books too. And here's an idea. Perhaps what you could do is actually buy the book itself, the physical book, and get the audiobook version too. And that way, if it's the unabridged version 
you can then read and listen at the same time, which is a really, really good way of uh, improving your English. Also, I'm sure that I have some absolutely voracious readers listening to this podcast. I know that the lepers or lepsters, le- lepaholics, pleps, plepaholics, or whatever you want to call yourselves, um, I'm sure that uh, many of you are very, very well read indeed. And I'm always keen to get your input. So please, if you have some good book recommendations, especially ones um, that you've read in English, of course, please do mention them in the comments section of this episode. Okay, let me now go through um, some of the benefits of reading for your English. So here we're talking about actually reading when you've got a book in your hands or when you're reading from a Kindle or something like that. We know about the benefits of um, like uh, listening a lot and listening to, to books. But um, what about the benefits of actually reading with your eyes? Okay, which is the normal way that you read, isn't it? Uh, Yes, your eyes and your brain and your hands and probably other parts of your your body. Maybe if you've got a cup of tea in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand, how are you going to turn the pages in your book? Well, I'll I'll let you imagine uh, how you do that. I'm sure you have some very creative responses to that particular problem. Anyway, the benefits of reading for your English. Here we go. So there is a lot of academic research which shows that reading is really good for your English. It's no real surprise that students who do extensive reading outside class perform a lot better in tests. In fact, in a 1992 article in College ESL, which was called Let Them Read Books, um, authors Martino and Block mentioned studies in which students who are in courses involving extensive reading perform much better on reading texts Uh, reading texts. They perform much better on reading tests than students who are in courses that deal mainly with skill building strategies. So basically that means that um, just doing lots and lots of reading is perhaps the best way to improve your English rather than just studying lots of different strategies about reading. Um, so if, if you want to improve your English, if you want to improve your, your reading skills, how do you do it? Just do loads and loads of reading, which does reinforce what I have said about listening uh, in the past on this podcast. Really, it's, it's the seven Ps. Remember that? The seven Ps. What are the seven Ps? Well, it's practice, 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 practice. And I was counting those on my fingers because I need to use my fingers when I count up to seven. Um, because, um, you know, I'm not a maths expert. Anyway, um, I've often noticed over the years that the students who are reading books outside my classes are almost always the ones who progress much faster and get better test results. It's the same case with, with, with people who listen to podcasts and things. When I question my classes about their reading and listening habits, it's always the, the, the really great students who reveal that they have a novel in their bag or some podcasts in their phone. And it's not really a surprise, is it? It's not, again, I've mentioned this phrase before, it's not rocket science. It's pretty... It's to be expected, really, that if you do lots of reading, if you do lots of listening, that's going to have uh, a beneficial effect on your English. By reading books, you are basically fast-tracking your English. Uh, You're fast-tracking English directly into your brain. Um, Simply by reading and following a story, you are practicing a number of key reading skills. 
Firstly, you're having to deal with a number of unknown words, but you don't let these individual words prevent you from losing the story or the general context of what's happening. You have to just fill the blanks in what you understand, and usually that's enough to keep you going with the story. What happens is that your mind creates unconscious strategies for dealing with new words. You start to guess the meaning of new words, especially if they're used again and again. It's exactly the same when we're children. I remember growing up that I would often come across new words while I was reading, and I'd just have to carry on and work it out. The more I came across these words, the more the meaning would be defined by a process of elimination, really, until I'd have a pretty good sense of the word. Um, this still happens if I'm reading particularly old books with words that aren't really used anymore. It might take me a while to start working out what those words mean. I'm sure that you have similar experiences too. Um, when you were growing up and learning to read, you probably went through that process. Well, it's the same kind of thing here when you're learning English. Another skill that you improve um, with reading is your spelling. Um, just seeing those words in the correct form again and again uh, just helps to reinforce the correct spelling in your mind. Um, but pronunciation is not directly developed by reading alone. Um, in fact, lots of you can tell usually when someone has just done lots of reading in their English, they tend to pronounce words as they're spelled rather than as they sound. So if you want to kind of keep the listening um, up as well, you should listen and read at the same time. Um, and as you know, a lot of books have audiobook versions, and you know where to go if you need to get your audiobooks. You know where to go, that's right. Just go to teacherluke.co.uk first, and then click that button to take you to... to, 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 to to take you to audible.com. Um, so by reading a lot, you're also exposing yourself to pages and pages of language. So that reinforces collocations, grammatical structures, and other lexical patterns. It all goes into the brain, you see. Um, all, also, you learn to detect differences in general meaning, the attitude of the writer, and so on. And these are all reading skills which are tested in Cambridge exams. If you read lots and lots of well-written work, you will, sooner or later, come across almost all the different communicative strategies which are used to perform all kinds of functions in English. Things like persuasion, uh, ways of expressing tension, joy, description and so on. These will all be part of what you read. So um, essentially you're sort of witnessing all of these different um, kinds of English and different ways in which English is used to perform various functions. You're actually witnessing it, you're seeing it all. And how can you really expect to be able to use a language without actually knowing what that language is? I mean, you need to see and hear a lot of English in order to know exactly what you're dealing with and what you can equip yourself with. And a great way of seeing the language and actually hearing the language is, of course, to read lots of books, to, lo to do lots of listening. Also, reading is just a pleasing and motivating process. You know that feeling when you first start reading a book? Usually the first few pages are a bit tricky, and then you feel like you're really into it. But there, there always comes a point uh, in a book when you suddenly get gripped by it, and, uh, and you can't wait to continue reading. I love that moment, and I think that you should look for that moment when you're reading a book in English. Imagine how motivating it could be to get that sort of gripped feeling with an English book. Um, some students believe that it's not possible to read books in English and to enjoy them. And so they don't. But wait a minute. It definitely is possible. Are you not... Are you... Are you not reading books in English for, for some reason? 
If that's the case, then wise up and open a book. Um, you can read it. Yes, you can. In fact, if someone asked me, how do I read a whole book in English? My answer would be, just keep going. Just, just read it which is kind of stupid advice in some way, but brilliant advice in another way. How do you read a book in English? Well, you just keep reading it. You don't stop. Um, you might surprise yourself and understand a lot of it and really enjoy it too. So don't be shy. Give it a try. Okay. Um, I just love the whole atmosphere of a book. Just imagining that someone has spent so much time working on it and it's, um, and it's such an ancient form of art. It's so personal because only you are reading it and it's it's like a one-to-one -one with the writer. And yet you also feel connected to the kind of common mindset of everyone else who's read it. Um, listening to an audiobook can also be a, a great experience because essentially someone is doing the tricky part of reading the words and is then just reciting it for you. Often the readers are great actors themselves. So it's a bit like being like a privileged king who has his books read to you uh, by the best storytellers in the land. In fact, before books were, were written down, stories would have often been told by word of mouth. So listening to stories is an even more ancient tradition than reading them. Okay, so here are my recommendations for book reading, okay, for you as a learner of English. Uh, the main thing is that you read a lot. Um, that should be your main aim. Just do loads and loads of reading. Um, also, you should pick something that you really enjoy. Um, according to experts like Stephen Krashen, the more you enjoy what you're reading, the more you learn from it. Okay, so I, um, pick something that you enjoy um, so that you can read a lot and you can actually enjoy the process while you're doing it. Uh, you also need to consider what kind of English you'll be reading. Um, ideally, you want something which is in a neutral style or a neutral register, uh, which contains some conversational English, um, normal, everyday English, up-to-date English, and so on. Um, so you'll need to make your decision based on what uh, will keep you reading, what will be enjoyable, but also what will be a good standard of English to, to, to uh, present to yourself. Um, in terms of length, um, I would say choose a shorter book just so that you can get that satisfaction of finishing it and then moving on to something else. Um, so I think shorter is better here. Um, Ploughing through a huge tome in English, a huge thick book, is likely to be a very long process if it's not your first language. Um, unless, of course, it's a book that you're particularly fascinated by. So I would say go for a shorter book, go for a page turner, go for something that's going to keep you engaged and locked in and that you can feel satisfied with yourself uh, after having finished it, okay? Um, short, engaging books that you'll enjoy reading, written in plain English. The main thing is basically a book that you will enjoy and that you'll finish, okay? Here are some other tips. Um, I would say choose page turners and bestsellers. Um, a page turner is a kind of uh, a book that encourages you to read it at some speed. Um, it's They're typically thrillers, the sorts of books that you find in the airport, uh, books that you take on holiday with you. The, it's called a page turner because you can't stop turning the pages. The reason why page turners are good is because it just, you know, allows you to read more and more and more. They're written in a way to try to kind of keep your interest held. There's mystery, there's tension, that sort of thing. Um, 
So um, you really need something that will catch your attention and have a story that's easy to follow. So I do recommend that you read some popular novels by authors like Stephen King, um, Agatha Christie, or even the Da Vinci Code series, um, uh, which is by Dan Brown. I don't particularly like the, uh, the Da Vinci Code books, but they are very easy to read and you can fly through them pretty quickly. Um, so you need books with lots of action and a clear storyline. Again, page turners, bestsellers, mysteries, crimes, crime dramas and so on are very good for this. Um, and I do consider the Harry Potter books to be a kind of page turner. Okay, Because when I read all the Harry Potter books, I found them to be just... I mean, I, don't, I didn't find the content to be that profound but I certainly found them to be really engaging and I remember uh, particularly reading the fourth book just flying through it at massive speed I mean I must have read that book in just a few days and it's not a short book it's it's a very thick one in fact I remember in fact the fifth one someone lent me the fifth one just after I'd finished the fourth one and she said, you can only have it for a week. And it's massive. It's really thick. And I absolutely destroyed it. I flew through that in just a few days. And I don't really remember anything even happening in that book. There's just lots of gossip going on with a journalist. And nothing really happens for the whole book. So I just wham, 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 straight through it, just desperate for something to happen. I'm, I quite like the Harry Potter books, don't get me wrong. But I don't think the fifth one is the most eventful book of the series. Um, but it is a page-turner, and that maybe is the most important thing, that um, you just need something that will uh, allow you to read more and more rather than less and less. You could uh, pick a book that you know in your first language. Um, this can prevent you from losing the plot, and you can just focus on the language being used. In fact, why not read your favourite book in English if you haven't already already done that? Um, if it's your favourite book, you, you probably will want to keep reading it and you'll know what happens, so you'll just be able to focus on the English if that's what you want to do. Uh, another idea is that you could watch the film of the book in English and then read the book. Uh, but do watch out there because they often change the books. Uh, you know, they, they change it when they make it into a film, a bit like the Hobbit series and some other examples. But still, if you know you know the basic plot, if you know what's happened because you've watched the movie and then read the book, it can, you know, allow you to uh, it can it can aid the process basically if you if you know the story already. Um, another idea is that you could read graphic novels, um, cartoons. Uh, there are plenty of really great graphic novels with intelligent stories and ideas, and um, it can be a new way of reading. And you certainly fly through graphic novels very quickly. Um, so I've added a couple of graphic novels to my list, which I'm going to tell you about um, in due course. Um, I would say watch out for the type of English being used. Um, some books set in the past will involve an outdated form of English, like, for example, Shakespeare, Jane Austen to an extent, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Tolkien. They tend to use quite an old-fashioned register. Um, you might want to focus on something clear, modern and up-to-date. Um, so, you know, that might make you choose more uh, modern stories set in the present day. Uh, but then again, it can be a lot of fun to explore different aspects of English and different styles. Um, generally, in my opinion, 
British writers in the 19th and 18th centuries wrote beautiful texts and dialogue between people is particularly enjoyable. So it can be worth checking out. Um, a good point, a good point that I should make is that you should or could consider uh, checking out Penguin Readers. Um, many of you will know about these because you're keen learners of English. Uh, what is a penguin reader? Well, it's not a kind of a, a flightless bird. Um, no, that would be weird, wouldn't it? Imagine if that was the, the best approach to improve your English, that you need to find um, like a rock hopper penguin from the North Pole. And somehow that's going to help you learn English. You know, if, if you're just reading a really difficult book, as long as you've got a penguin there, then uh, you're going to be all right, you know. Uh, you'd even ask the penguin to um, read the book to you. <coughs> a Tale of Two Cities by, you know, that sort of thing. The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Chapter one. <coughs> it's not going to help. So, no, I don't mean getting that kind of penguin reader. No, you need to get, like, a, a series of books. They're, they're published by Penguin, and uh, they're called readers because, basically, they are, um, they're like adapted forms of books. So a, it's a special range of books for learners of English, and they've been adapted especially for you. And what that means is that um, the, the level of the book is is a little bit easier the number of words or the range of words has been uh, reduced so it's slightly more uh slightly less complex the storyline may have been edited well they won't edit the storyline but they'll edit the book a little bit basically it's been an, it's been graded or adapted for learners of english and you get penguin readers on uh, a variety of different levels all the way from you know elementary up to advanced level ones i recommend that for listeners of luke's english podcast i imagine that you're you know you know uh, intermediate and above um, so go for the advanced uh, upper upper intermediate level uh, uh, penguin readers, I reckon. And they've got a very wide range. If you want to check out penguin readers, then you can go to, I think it's www.penguinreaders.com. I'm just checking that out right now. Uh, yeah, www.penguinreaders.com and you'll find loads and loads of stuff there that you can check out if you're interested in reading some some graded books rather than original books um uh also you should be aware that some books use lots of fantasy language like uh harry potter or the lord of the rings so watch out for that for example in harry potter you know they they refer to loads of uh things that don't actually exist in the world like muggles and uh, Quidditch and stuff like that. None of it really exists. I don't think it's such a serious problem um, because ultimately these are just. There's only a few bits of vocabulary that um, uh, don't really exist in the world, and I'm sure you're you're able to identify the real things from the unreal things. And anyway, now that so many people have read Harry Potter, many of these words are in the sort of common consciousness. Words like Muggle. A Muggle is a non-magical person. Um, so. Um, it's worth considering the level of fantasy language that you might encounter in, in these books. Uh, but um, it's probably not such a serious issue with Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings. Um, Non-fiction books can also be a great alternative to fiction. And there are many, many very practical and useful books on a range of subjects. Um, you could 
also choose the self-help sections, history, or other specialist subjects. In fact, there are so many books about improving your life, improving your memory, your spending, your career, uh, and they're often the most irresistible books that you can read because they're written in an incredibly direct and engaging manner, often giving you some very practical, very useful information. And uh, because uh, they're very engaging because they're holding your attention in order to sell you an idea. So they are often the best books to read because, you know, you just fly through them very quickly uh, as well. Um, biographies of people that you respect can be fascinating, especially uh, autobiographies written by the people themselves. Um, they are some of my favourite books, in fact. I love, particularly love reading about musicians and the crazy lives that they had. I also love reading uh, books written by film directors. There's a series called, for example, Scorsese on Scorsese. That's a book written by Martin Scorsese talking about his own work. I think originally they're kind of spoken interviews which were transcribed and turned into books. Uh, but they're very, very interesting as a way of exploring the motivations behind artists and their work. Um, I did mention earlier that you can... You can guess um, you can guess unknown words by reading. Okay, you can just like work out new words as you go. But you can also actively study um, with a with a dictionary while reading. In fact, there's nothing really stopping you from writing notes as well in the margins of books, so that you can then see them again next time you read it. Uh, reading and checking words in a dictionary has been a tried and tested way of developing your English for years. And as the saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, which means that if the method works, then keep going, you know. Um, in fact, you may be able to improve on this method by using technology such as the Amazon Kindle. Um, I've talked about the Amazon Kindle before on the podcast about four years ago when I ranted about how nobody really needs them. Um, I still agree basically with that point, but I do now see the value of Amazon Kindles for learners of English. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an Amazon affiliate now. And I, in fact, I, I get no kickback from Kindle sales anyway. Uh, but it's because it's true. The Kindle has got a built-in dictionary so you can immediately look up new words when you find them. Um, so the Kindle is another alternative, another way of, of maximizing your reading. Uh, you can get Kindle apps as well on your phone or your, your iPad and things like that. Um, I think that you'll find, though, that as soon as you, you get drawn into a story, you'll stop picking up the dictionary all the time and you'll just start guessing words or ignoring unknown words as you go along. Um, let me now go through my list of books that I would like to recommend to uh, you uh, the lepers, the the listeners uh, of Luke's English podcast, the lepsters. I'm now going to go through uh, some titles that you might like to consider uh, getting. And let me just remind you now that you can get a free audiobook from audible.com. Did I mention that? Uh, just go to teacherluke.co.uk. You'll see a picture that says download your free audiobook here. Click it, go through the process, download your audiobook. When you're finished, cancel the membership. And then Bob's your uncle. You got yourself a free audiobook. Okay, I just wanted to remind you of that. Um, right, now let me go through um, two lists. One list of books that I just would like to recommend to learners of English and another list which is just books that I really like. Okay, here we go. 
Okay, so we'll start off with um, some books which are a bit easier, which I think that non-natives would be able to read without too much trouble. Uh, first of all, we have um, The Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway, which is, first of all, an absolute classic. Uh, and also, it's pretty short. Um, it's, you know, pretty quick to get through. And Hemingway had a brilliant um, talent for writing fairly complex things, but in very simple sentences. Uh, he's a very powerful writer, and his short sentences are, just allow him to be very efficient with his language. And The Old Man in the Sea is just a really great story, which everyone should know. You may have read it already, in fact, in your first language, even in English, perhaps. Um, I would also recommend a book called The Woman in Black by Susan Hill, which is a really great, gripping um, sort of horror story, um, it's not too graphic or anything, but it's pretty scary and mysterious and weird. And it's written again in a very kind of clear and very descriptive uh, way with lots of events and bits of conversation and so on. And it's got uh, rather a horrible ending, which is brilliant. Um, so The Woman in Black by Susan, in Hill, Susan Hill. There is a film of that as well uh, with Daniel Radcliffe and even a stage play and all sorts of things. Um, another book, uh, and this is one of the most recommended books for learners of English, and that one is The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon, which is a sort of an investigation sort of mystery story, but it's all told from the point of view of an autistic child. Um, so he's actually the author, he's not the author, he's the sort of the, the, the voice of the story. And because it's his voice, it's everything's kind of explained in, again, rather simple terms, and yet the story is still very gripping. Um, some page turners for you. Of course, there's the Da Vinci Code, which I've mentioned, which is, it sort of rattles along at quite a fast pace. There's a mystery in there, which makes it quite gripping. Um, lots of action, lots of things happening. Uh, the Harry Potter series, of course, uh, as I've mentioned. Anything by Agatha Christie. I mean, her work is so popular um, and uh, the storylines are always very sort of engaging and there's lots of plot twists and things that keep you involved and they're very well written and clearly written um any of the books by james uh, any of the books by james bond well james bond didn't actually write the books um he's the character in the books of course they're written by ian fleming any of those books they're just really great um sort of action adventure stories and of course they've there are films of pretty much all of them so you can read the book and watch the film um there's a book called the time traveler's wife which um uh friend of mine always recommends to her students uh, and there's also the film adaptation of that which is worth seeing it's apparently it's unusual and moving um and just some good and appropriate books that i'd recommend um nick hornby is a, a british writer a modern day british writer um and he's written some really great books which again are written in sort of plain english a really good standard of english that would be appropriate for you to pick up I personally like uh, High Fidelity. That's my favourite one of his. And there is a film version of that. Um, and, of course, About a Boy as well, which is another popular one for learners of English. Uh, there is a film version of that too, starring uh, Hugh Grant. Um, I would recommend anything by Roald Dahl, who is just a brilliant... Um, well, he was just a brilliant uh, writer of children's stories, but he also wrote books for adults. And, in fact... Roald Dahl stories can be appreciated by children and adults alike. Um, for example, you could pick uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is really good. And there's a film of that, an animated film. Um, or a collection of his short stories as well. Um, so, um, 
uh, one of his books is called Revolting Rhymes, and that's particularly fun. Uh, Revolting Rhymes is basically like he took all of the the old um, nursery rhymes and sort of fairy tales and things and rewrote them to make them sort of disgusting and and uh, funny. And all of them rhyme as well. They, they all have like, you know, rhyming words. So that's a really great way of picking up vocabulary and sort of testing out your pronunciation as well. Um, Bridget Jones's diary is probably a good choice. Um, it's personal, it's informal, it's funny. There's a film version and usually girls tend to like it too. Um, Animal Farm um, is um, an absolute classic um, and it's also commonly recommended to learners of English. Uh, Animal Farm, it's short, it's brilliant and it also teaches you very important things about sort of politics and stuff. Um, there's a book called The Beach by Alex Garland. Uh, which is particularly gripping if you're into traveling. Um, it's full of like loads of um, sort of like tales of uh, traveling experiences. And of course, there is a film version starring Leonardo DiCaprio. In terms of um, nonfiction and biographies, then you've got uh, Watching the English by Kate Fox. And uh, Watching the English is a really fascinating sort of sociological study of the English and the the behavior and the culture and um, uh, many aspects of English life um, you you can learn so much about English people by reading that one um, and it's often people often talk about that um, I get messages from people who've asked me if I've ever read watching the English and if they should read it and I definitely recommend it it's brilliant I've got a copy myself I often give that book as a gift in fact it's quite a good one uh, there's the book about the Beatles which I mentioned earlier called Revolution in the Head by Ian MacDonald um, and uh, that's just well if you're a Beatles fan uh, that's just absolutely like brilliant i don't agree with every assessment that he has of all of their songs in fact he's quite critical about some of the songs that i really like but just as in terms of intelligent analysis of the beatles music and their place in history it's really really great and there are lots of other good beatles books like um i think uh, one i read was called can't buy me love which is just a really in-depth really um complete like telling of the story and more recently there's there's a book by um mark lewisham who is he's actually writing a three three volume series about the beatles the first one is available now it's called uh all these years tune in okay all these years is the series there are going to be three of them but Tune In is the first one, and it, it tells the story of the Beatles from their childhood all the way up to just the moment that they get their recording contract with EMI. And it's incredibly detailed. I mean, it's, it's stunning, the amount of detail that goes into this book. And it's so huge. It's, it's really thick. I've had it for over a year, and I'm about a quarter of the way through. In fact, I'm reading about four different books at the same time at the moment. I'm reading that. I'm reading Lord of the Rings again because I love reading that, and I read it, like, every year, almost. Um, and I'm also uh, still reading a book by Cormac McCarthy, which I haven't finished. And what's the other book I'm reading? I'm sure I'm reading something else. I can't, I can't even remember, remember. I've got loads of books with bookmarks in them in my flat. Um, so, more non-fiction and stuff. Uh, Freakonomics. Um, Freakonomics is a, a book uh, about economics and social issues, 
But it's very interesting because basically what they did is they looked at various interesting social phenomenon phenomena and um, then um, applied sort of economic theory to understand them, bringing lots of new light to the subject. And it's very sort of um, uh, easy to read and it's full of um, trends language, language that you use to describe um, like um, data you know, uh, which is particularly useful if you're taking the IELTS test. So I, I definitely recommend Freakonomics uh, for anyone who is going to take the IELTS test. By the way, if you go to teacherloop.co.uk, you can find a list of all these books. And I will add their, their authors as well, if I'm not mentioning them now. You'll be able to see the list and see all the authors and stuff as well. Um, you could read books like stuff like The World According to Clarkson, which is written by Jeremy Clarkson, who is a sort of... Um, Slightly controversial, slightly conservative English um, journalist. He, he presents uh, Top Gear, the program about cars, and he um, writes um, he writes articles in newspapers and things from time to time. And some of those articles get sort of um, put together in in books called The World According to Clarkson. Um, and if you can stand Jeremy Clarkson, I mean, I'm not his number one fan, but I think they're probably quite good to read. Um, it's basically him giving his viewpoint on various things. And he's very, to be honest, he's a very good writer. He's an excellent broadcaster. And he does write in a very sort of appealing way. Uh, and there's lots of attitude as well and, and quite a lot of humour in his work. Um, loads and loads of autobiographies. I mean, one that springs to mind, uh, another one that springs to mind is called Mr. Nice by Howard Marks. And that's a, an interesting story about how, I mean, he was like an Oxford University graduate or Cambridge University graduate who went on to become one of the world's uh, biggest uh, drug uh, traffickers. And it's um, it tells the story about how he ended up uh, trafficking massive amounts of uh, cannabis um, around the world. And he had loads of different secret identities and he was on the run from the police for, for ages and ages, getting into all kinds of complicated situations with the IRA and stuff like that. It's very fascinating, a very entertaining book and I, I recommend it. There are loads of other biographies that I can mention, um, which um, I will mention in a, in a, in a little bit. Um, in terms of graphic novels, um, as I said, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't go for a graphic novel. Obviously, you can't get a, an audiobook version, but um, they're, they're, they're very um, sort of uh, easy to read and very gripping. There's, there's a great series of Sherlock Holmes cartoons, which are really, really well made. Um, so, you know, go on go online and search for the Sherlock Holmes graphic novels. Um, I find anything by Frank Miller to be great, especially the Sin City series, or also he did a couple of Batman uh, stories as well, called one called Year One, and the other one called The Dark Knight Returns. And really, he was doing things with Batman in graphic novels uh, way before Christopher Nolan came along and, and sort of relaunched the Batman franchise in the movies. Um, you don't have to read superhero comics, of course. There are plenty of comics for other topics too. Um, for sort of more childish ones, I really love uh, Japanese manga translated into English. Uh, and I would strongly recommend the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z series or another one called Dr. Slump. They're just really, really silly and really good fun and very entertaining. Um, now, in terms of my personal favourite books, let me just give you a list of 
um, some of the books that I love. Okay, um, there are so many books that I have enjoyed over the years, and I can't remember them all now. But um, here is a selection of books which comes to my mind as I write this. Uh, first of all, The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Salinger or Salinger? J.D. Salinger, uh, The Catcher in the Rye. Uh, I read this when I was a teenager and it sort of struck a chord with me. It meant a lot to me then. Um, I just love, it basically it's a story about a young guy who's left school and he's about to enter the world and he doesn't really know what his place is in the world, in society, and he's a bit alienated. Um, and um, it's just about him sort of going through a few days in his life where he's kind of a bit lost and he's trying to work out who he is. Um, I love the unreliable narrator um, aspect of it um, and the fact that this kid is just sort of a bit lost. It's also quite funny uh, but it's a bit sad and a bit lonely at the same time. Uh, but I love the version of New York which is described uh, in the story. It's kind of big and dark and a, a bit scary and almost a bit dangerous. Um, of course I love The Lord of the Rings. It's probably my favourite book. Um, and um, I mean, it is a bit, it, it is a fantasy. I know that there are um, criticisms of it, but personally, I just adore this book and I read it regularly all the time. I'm not going to go into it in much detail now because I'm planning to do an episode of Luke's English podcast all about Lord of the Rings in the future. Um, Nick Hornby, I've mentioned um, Nick Hornby already, but uh, I particularly like High Fidelity, which is the story of a guy who breaks up with his girlfriend. And then he tries to work out why he keeps breaking up with all the girls. Why does he keep breaking up with girls? And he goes through all of his past relationships and, tr and explores them and describes them. And throughout the whole thing, he's mentioning records, pieces of music which meant uh, a lot to him during his life. So uh, I think it's a great uh, book, uh, especially if you're a fan of music. Um, talking of music, um, Keith Richards' autobiography called Life is a particularly engaging and, and uh, fun book to read um, and he had an, he still does have an incredible life and his book takes you all the way through uh, his childhood and the the way that he got into music and the whole story of the Rolling Stones his success all the bits of music that he came up with his drug addictions and recovery and um, it's all told by Keith in his book um, it's quite a big book but it's it's very interesting um, alternatively you could read something like um, Scar Tissue by Anthony Kydis the guy from the Red Hot Chili Peppers similar kind of thing um, one of my other favourites is called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson which is a sort of um, I mean I just find it hilarious myself I just think that it's so funny um, but it's it's quite a bizarre choice. I'm not sure it's the first one that you should pick up. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson was a journalist, and um, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, he he basically tells the it's it's sort of like semi-fiction, part based on true events. It's the story of him and his lawyer, and they go to Las Vegas and they they take with them a whole suitcase full of dangerous drugs and throughout their journey they consume all kinds of stuff like every drug that you can imagine almost and then attempt to experience uh las vegas from the inside while covering 
a couple of different news stories, but they're completely fueled up on drugs while they're doing it. Why? Well, the idea is that it's it's called gonzo journalism, and by somehow immersing yourself completely into an experience and then writing about it, you find some more pure version of truth. Um, in this story, really, um, he goes to Las Vegas in search of the American dream, and kind of finds the sort of ugliness and uh, weirdness that there is at the heart of American life. Um, and for me, it's all about the writing style. I just think that it's incredibly well written um, and very, very funny indeed. Uh, there's Revolution in the Head by Ian MacDonald, which I've already talked about, so I'm not going to mention it again. Um, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy, of course, and one of my favourite comedians is called Steve Martin, who you might know. Um, and he was um, one of the most successful stand-up comedians in the world in the late 1970s and early 1980s. And his book, um, Born Standing Up, is his description of his life um, up until the point when he stopped doing stand-up comedy. And it's just an incredible personal story about kind of growth and about uh, stardom and the, the art of doing stand-up comedy as well. Um, Charles Bukowski is one of my favourite authors and probably my favourite book by him is called Factotum and it's sort of the story about it, it, it's it's about a guy who it's hard to explain really he's basically just a guy who's moving from job to job um, and he's an alcoholic and he's just a sort of bum really but he's a poetic kind of bum um, and again just amazingly written prose um, his his work is like poetry for me. Um, Cormac McCarthy is one of my favourite authors too, and uh, he, two of his books um, really mean a lot to me. One of them is called All the Pretty Horses, which is a Western story, um, incredibly vividly told. Uh, you really get a sense of the landscape in which the characters operate, and it's also a massive romantic love story as well, um, with the full... Um, package. It's got the romance, it's got the, the landscape, it's got the philosophy, it's got the descriptions of horses, and it's also got the action, the gunfights that you would expect from a, a Western story. Um, the other book by Cormac McCarthy that I really like is called um, The Road, which is a very bleak uh, sort of vision of a, a sort of apocalyptic um period in in the future some sometime after the environment has been completely ruined maybe there's been some sort of nuclear war or something like that but um the the story is set in this sort of post-apocalyptic wasteland and you follow a father and his son as they travel through this this um ravaged land just trying to survive and it, it, it really is that. They're just moving through the landscape trying to survive, but it's gripping and it's harrowing and um, it's, it's emotional too. It's actually a very emotional book. Uh, I recommend it strongly. The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Um, now, you know that I'm a huge fan of the Sherlock Holmes stories uh, by Sir Arthur Colan, Conan Doyle. Uh, I think my favourites are the, the books of short stories that he did there's the, uh, the what's it called now, uh, the mystery of Sherlock Holmes, the case files of Sherlock Holmes. My favourite one is called The Return of Sherlock Holmes, and it just has some of the best Sherlock Holmes stories in it. Um, uh, I actually love a book called uh, The Fight by Norman Mailer, which is um, all about Muhammad Ali 
and Muhammad Ali's fight against George Foreman, I think it was in 1974, they had a big fight called the Rumble in the Jungle, which was an absolute classic moment in boxing history. Um, I actually really love boxing and I love uh, martial arts and boxing. I don't do any of it myself, but I find them to be fascinating disciplines. Um, And the fight is an incredibly uh, descriptive um, and evocative uh, an account of this fight, explaining the psychology uh, of Muhammad Ali and his life and his incredible approach to fighting, which not just involved um, his physical attributes, but also his mental strength as well. Um, and it's it's brilliant. The fight by Norman Mailer. Um, uh, one of the one of the books that sticks with me the most is called Miles by Miles Davis, and it's his autobiography. Um, obviously, Miles Davis was an incredible guy uh, with an amazing life, and he achieved so much in music. Really, he's sort of responsible for a number of really significant musical changes in history, including things like you know bebop and uh, fusion as well. Um, so. Uh, really his his contribution to music is is massive but also just as a personality he was incredible and the whole story the the whole story the whole book is written by him and it's written in his voice as well so it's almost written in a kind of dialect um, sort of black american dialect from the from the 60s 50s 70s the whole period really um and uh it's just amazing to to find out about him from his own uh, from his own mouth, as it were, his own fingers. I don't know how he wrote it. Um, uh, I'm also a big fan of Kurt Vonnegut, and my, one of my favourite books by him is called Slaughterhouse Five. Um, I, now I've just realised that actually on um, on my website in one of the discussion forums. Um, so I, we're nearly on an hour on this episode. Okay, I've got a little bit of time. In the discussion forums, I think there was a thread recently about um about reading and about books i think some of the uh pleppers wrote some of their favorite books into this forum thread so i'm just gonna i'm gonna have it oh here we go books english books books about english no and that's not the one that's by martin but i'm gonna have a look at that uh so martin has said which books about English would you recommend to the others? Textbooks, books about English, issues, novels, etc. Uh, and then Martin has replied to himself saying, Hello, I've found a great book by Mr. Michael Swan, which is called Practical English Usage. Um, yes, Martin, that is a very good book indeed. If you're looking for a really complete summary of English, English grammar, English usage, then that's a very good idea. Practical English Usage by Michael Swan published by Oxford. Um, I've got a copy of that and it's a bit like my grammar bible. It's the book that I go to to answer lots of my questions about uh, grammar. Things that I don't already know. Normally I can find them in there. But that's not the forum thread I'm talking about. Uh, There was something in here about... Oh yeah, what's the last book you've read so far? Which uh, was opened by Amber... And she said, um, what's the last uh, book you've read uh, or what's the last audio book you've listened to? Um, and uh, Jose from Chile said, hello, Amber. Well, I usually read essays and not novels. But a few months ago, I read the London trilogy 
Do you know anything about it? The author Colin McInnes wrote several books, but in particular three of them are about London or the London youth of the late 50s and early 60s, and it's really interesting and well-written. I would recommend uh, to read the entire trilogy, of course, in its original language. Uh, These are the titles and the release years. We have City of Spades in 1957, Absolute Beginners 1959, and Mr Love and Justice 1960. Uh, By the way, youth and culture is a subject that I usually study, so reading those books was not only fun, but also for studying. Okay. Um, Oh, and I I wrote something here talking about all the pretty horses. Um, So I said, the last book I read was Cormac McCarthy's All the Pretty Horses, and it blew my mind. The book is widely considered to be a masterpiece, and Cormac McCarthy is one of the big heavyweights of modern fiction. All the Pretty Horses is an epic American Western with themes of love, revenge, ambition, family, landscape, horses and lots of other elements. It had some moments of tense action, gunplay, meditations on the relationship between people, their land and the horses that are so crucial to their way of life. McCarthy's control of language is impressive. The prose is moving and evocative. Uh, Before reading it, I was worried that the book would be wordy and hard to read, but I was immediately gripped and couldn't put it down. I read most of it on holiday last month. I'm now reading the sequel to the book. If you like American fiction, particularly Westerns, uh, I recommend it. Um, Amber replied saying, Hello, Jose. Uh, Thanks for sharing that with us. Actually, I was glad to see somebody finally responded to this topic. Yes, I've heard of the London Trilogy by Colin McInnes, but I only got to see the movie Absolute Beginners with David Bowie, which is based on the second part. Uh, I quite liked it, so I can imagine the book is even better than the movie, because they usually are, in my opinion. So, if I find the book, I'll read it. Um, anything about England and the culture, history, etc. of the UK is interesting to me, and I'm sure many of the lepers as well. So tell us more about those essays, if you will. Um, She said, thank you, Luke. Your analytical approach to anything is always welcome. It must be good if you recommend it. Um, Jane Grey, for example, and his collection of Western fiction might also be interesting to check out for all those who like that kind of book. But they're classics. Um, so I then went on to mention a couple of other things. Um, um, we've got a link in there, in there from Dennis, uh, which says, uh, here's a link with a numerous adapted English ebooks. It's ideal for English learners. So that's, uh, English, uh, English dash E dash books.net. I'm just going to add that. Um, I'm just going to add that to the bottom of this page. Uh, that's, there's the link. I've just added it in. Um, um so there's there's more there's more stuff there's there's loads of stuff in this uh uh there's loads and loads and loads of stuff in this forum thread i'm not going to read through it all now but i will leave a link to that forum thread um on uh on the page for this episode i'm just doing it now there you go link to the forum thread um and uh i think that's it isn't it i don't know why my voice is going up like that but it is. I think what I'm going to do now is is play that lovely music, which is still in my head. Do you ever get that? Do you get like music stuck in your head? I do all the time. And for some reason at the moment, I've got the music to uh, The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time in my head. But I want a different version. I'm going to have a piano version of this one, I think. Um, let's have... Uh, which one's been listened to more? Okay, that one's had 60,000 listens. So let's listen to... The Legend of Zelda, 
the Ocarina of Time title theme played on the piano by someone called Paulina L. Um, composed by Koji Kondo uh, from Japan. Again, nothing to do with books. I mean, if there was a book version of The Legend of Zelda, I might well read it. There's not really anything to do with books. It's more just um, somehow appropriate sounding music for this episode. I imagine myself sitting in a lovely um, wood-panelled traditional-looking bookshop somewhere in London, maybe. Um, There's, like, coffee uh, brewing somewhere on a stove. Uh, The central heating is on, so it's nice and warm. And you've picked up a little pile of books there, of things that you're considering buying. And there's a little section of uh, sofas, and you sit down, have a coffee, and flick through some of the books that you've got until one of them catches your imagination. And you go over to the counter and you buy it and they give you a free bookmark, which is always nice, isn't it? When they give you a free bookmark. And uh, and off you go. And you can go and sit in a cafe or something and just read the book and get hooked. That's always a nice way of enjoying reading a book. Of course, you can also download uh, yourself a, a free audio book version of the book that you've just purchased in that lovely bookshop. And how do you do that? You just simply visit audible.com. No, you don't. You go to teacherluke.co.uk, of course, and then you click the button, which will take you to audible.com, which you can then use to uh, register and pick up a nice uh, audiobook, which you can then enjoy for free, because then you're just going to cancel your membership, aren't you? Yes, yes, you are. Okay, so in conclusion to this episode, um, you can read novels in English, and you should. You could also listen to them in English as well, and you should do that too. Um books uh, in their original version or, or as audiobooks they provide tons of comprehensible 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 input for some reason i found it difficult to say that anyway i'll start that sentence again so books in their whatever form you choose them to be in they provide tons of comprehensible inputs and if you believe in the studies of stephen Krashen, this means that you will be on the right track when it comes to acquiring some really great English. So I wonder which book you're going to choose. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, all that remains for me to say, as usual at this point, is is the usual way that I say ciao to you on the podcast. And it's like this. Thanks again for listening. Speak to you again soon. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, 
you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.